We are the Cat's Whiskers, and this is my top line. Hello and welcome to the very first edition of My Top Line from The Cat's Whiskers. I'm Jonathan Bullard and our first guest on My Top Line, choosing his favourite line over 40 years of watching the Nottingham Panthers. He's someone who is well known to Cat's Whiskers podcast listeners and also regarded as one of the top hockey writers in the UK. It is, of course, Mr Paul Barr. Hello, Jono, and uh, thanks for having me great to have you along so we'll crack straight into it uh, and just for the, the format for those who are listening for the first time you choose a netminder two defensemen and three forwards from the team you've been watching throughout your career as a hockey fan the Nottingham Panthers 40 seasons is it now I think this is the 40th yeah it's certainly 40 years this this December plenty to go out for you <laughs> Yes, yeah, almost too many at times, to be honest. I mean, I've got a list here in front of me, clearly, clearly that's why you've invited me along here. Is it right? I don't know. I have changed, changed about. There are still some that I'm not sure about, but I've got my list. We'll stick with that for now. But I know tomorrow morning, if you get any messages from me tomorrow asking to re-record because I've changed my mind, just ignore them. Yeah, you, you, just, no, it's just, def- you know, you, definitely just, not. <laughs> No. <laughs> we spent too much time on this already. Yes, it is. Exactly. Uh, of exactly. course, it, it, it is just that. It's just that feeling of well, you know, you know, different different moods. Mm. You know, if, if I'd have done this a month ago, some of them might have changed. Some of them are just carved in stone. It's the odd one. You think, mm. of course, as well as looking at your six choices for your top line, we'll also be revealing your favourite game, your honourable mentions, your player from another team who you would have loved to have seen play for the Panthers, your favourite goal and also your favourite moment as well, which we will end on later, so hang around for that. But we're going to start off right at the top and the netminder. So, Paul, who is the netminder you've chosen? It's got to be Craig Kowalski. So Craig Kowalski, 275 games for the Nottingham Panthers. In his career with the Panthers, he won four Challenge Cups, three playoffs and one Elite League title. And of course, everyone remembers the 2012-13 season where the Panthers won the title. An incredible record of 1.96 goals against average and a 0.922 save percentage. So Paul, why particularly Kowalski? I boiled this down easily to two different players. It, it could have been. It was either going to be Kowalski or Trevor Robbins. And I think both of them equally as good choices in a lot of ways. But I think for me, it was Kowalski's style. That no-nonsense way he played. He was he could pull out the big saves and, and did for you know when he needed to. But it was just that, that no-nonsense style. He didn't always pull out the big saves because he didn't need to. His positioning was so good. The... You know, the way that if he had to catch the puck, his, his glove would snap out, catch the puck, and that would be it. There, were, there was no windmilling to, you know, show the whole whole crowd that he'd, he'd managed to catch the puck. His arm came up, caught the puck, and, you know, and, and that was it. And he was just, it's just, it's just that, those you got those things that you, for me, you, you want from a net mind. You know, he was he was dependable. He was solid. He just got on with it. And he's the only netminder I think I've ever seen score a goal. That's true, of course. A pre-season game against Asiago, I think it was, and uh, it was, I think, yeah. and uh, flicked it straight down the ice <laughs> into the empty net. <laughs> it's available on YouTube if you want to see it. But also, I think the thing that sticks out f- for me with Kowalski from his five seasons is his consistency. His lowest save percentage was point nine one zero. So still yeah. 91%. His his highest goals against average was 2.8. And just an incredibly consistent netminder throughout his career in Nottingham. That is, you know, ultimately, you know, part of why why I chose him. You know, you you knew what you always knew what you were getting with Craig Kowalski. <laughs> he, he turned up, he'd be solid for you. You know, I mean, 
you know, going back to Trevor Robbins again as, as a comparison, you know, he people talk about Netmind as being strange, and I don't think there are many stranger than Robbins. But I mean, he didn't used to talk to his wife from about the afternoon of the game before, apparent, you know, the day before, apparently, and uh, he sort of improved through games. You know, you, you might give up a couple of early ones, but and sort of improve, you know, the games, and he got a bit of a temper at times. Um, I remember him. Uh, oh, Ian, Ian Cooper found out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he speared him in the in the crown jewels, as I remember. But yeah. But you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying Kowalski, you know, didn't have his off nights or didn't have a, a temper. Yeah. But you you just knew that if you got Kowalski in it, you knew what you were going to get night after night after after night, and and that what, what what you were getting was quality at a consistent level. It's just what I want seeing an outminder. You get a lot of comparisons between those Panthers fans who who were around to see Trevor Robbins, and it is an getting an age old debate now. Is it who was the best, Trevor Robbins uh, or Craig Kowalski? But do you think it's fair to to compare? Because you have Robbins who who was in the Ice Hockey Super League, arguably the best standard of hockey we've ever seen in this country, and then you had Kowalski who was elite league. Arguably, again, the standard not as good, but as I've said before, he had the consistency and yeah, the trophy wins. Yeah, that's something that, to be honest, that that sort of comparison between the old and you know old and the new, for want of a better way, different levels, different things, is something that you'll see running through, all the way through my, my choices. And some of them, yeah, you look at now and you would say. You know, if if they played for us now, they wouldn't be very good. But you just got to compare it like for like at the time. You can't compare, you know, somebody from the say the eighties with somebody now. The get, you know, the game's completely different. So you've got to, for me, you've got to compare them to how they were then. You know, at their best, and sort of take that sort of difference away from it. Almost for me, I, I, I understand completely what 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 you're saying. But for me, it would still be Kowalski. So that leads us into your first defensive pick. And I think it's one that a lot of seasoned Panthers fans will definitely agree with. Is that what we are now? Seasoned? Seasoned, yes. I think it's slightly better than veteran, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's Terry Curtinback. Terry Curtinback, seven seasons with the Panthers, six of those as captain. Uh, Two Autumn Cups, the first major trophy of Panthers' modern era and a playoff title as well in 1989. So why particularly Kurtenbach? It sort of fits two of the things we, we were just talking about. He's one of the ones that was carved in stone for me. And he's also one of the ones that, if he played now, well, for a start, I don't think he'd, he'd got into the, the country on a work permit now, but you know, he, would he have been as good? Probably not, but that doesn't matter to me one bit. If you had some Terry some Terry Curtin back up in, in a word, it would probably be cultured. He was calm. He was controlled. One of the things I like to see in a defenseman is somebody who can just hang on to the puck and take the game to the speed he wants to to play at. You could tell, you know, how much his coaches trusted him. And I mean, remember this is these are the days of, of, of three import hockey. And, you know, the the amount of time he spent playing with you know, with the, with the kids as they were coming up through, and because you could do that, because you got Curtin back, and he can, you know, he, he'd be able to to control it. He just never seemed to get flustered. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely right from my memories of him as well. One of the things that does come up a lot about Terry Curtin back is the fact that many feel he should have had his number nine shirt retired. Are you in that camp? Definitely. Definitely, and I think it's only the fact that he went to, you know, he he left and then went to play in Guildford that that stopped that. But you know, you look at that that seven seasons, the numbers. I mean, I know it's a diff, again, it's a different era, different game, but the numbers he put up as a defenceman. Well, I, I, I do I do have them here. They are th- three hundred and fifty six games in total for the Panthers. Two hundred and ninety goals, four hundred and thirty two assists for seven hundred and twenty two points, which. Sounds crazy now, and, and I think, like. to, yeah, and I think to to probably more of the, the modern day fans, 
they probably wouldn't be able to comprehend how a defenceman could score those sort of numbers. But this was a guy who sometimes would spend the entire 60 minutes on the ice. At, at, at times, yeah. I mean, you just you just couldn't couldn't do that now and probably shouldn't have done it then but benches were, were a lot shorter again we, you know we're talking we're, again we're talking about that sort of three import hockey era but you know they're talking about those number of goals I, I, I can still picture him now just sort of ghosting up the middle from the blue line puck comes out to him in the slot and he just hits it and you know it it, it was a goal every you know well it's it feels like every time now a bit you know that's the the wonders of um of hindsight but he's my first defenseman because he is my favorite defenseman i just you know loved the the way he played and of course he he was part of two iconic panthers teams the team in 1986 that won the autumn cup at the nec as it was then against the five flyers the first trophy in panthers modern era and then part of the playoff winning team in 1989 which he lifted as captain but also coach Alex Dampier then had two import defensemen which was in very unusual where most would have gone for forwards two forwards and a defenseman Dampier went for 2D and a forward which was sort of instrumental in Panthers winning that title yeah because I think that season Darren Durdle, the other import defenseman, was actually top scorer on the team. So he actually, you know, got even more than than, than Curtinback. But it normally used to be two import forwards, one import defenseman. But Dampier changed it round. Obviously, trusted his his British British forwards. As you were talking, there, I was just thinking about that final at Wembley and that, and just you know, just the, and the way Curtinback. Played in that, you know. I, I don't think he crossed the uh, the halfway line for the entire game. I mean, obviously that that's wrong, but he just we knew what you know what airs forwards could do. So he, so you know, he stayed back, and it it you know it, it worked in the end. There were times in the game where it didn't look like it was going to, but you know it it did, and you know he he just he just had a role and played it. Right, we're going to move on to your favourite game now so Paul your your favourite game in the 40 years you've been watching the Nottingham Panthers after a lot of deliberation there really could be only one Friday March the 15th 2013 which is of course when Panthers beat Belfast to win the league yes yes it was (laughs) why that game in particular over the probably over a thousand you've seen yeah I, d- I did try and work it out once a while yeah. back from last because I was writing and I, I I think I'm well past well past a thousand <laughs> I think it, it, it was it was another difficult choice because you look at these things and you think do you go for the ones that meant the, the most perhaps or do you go for the, the games that had everything and this one kept coming up I mean, the, against things like I mean I remember going to Durham the first time we ever won there because we, we hadn't won for years and years and just playing them playing them off the ice that night and that felt great that was so such a joyous occasion to actually be there when it actually happened and being there in, in Belfast w- was like that but I think the reason I chose it as my favourite game is because it was a game that had everything Top quality goals right from Clark's blast through traffic for, for our first. Ling skating across, uh, making Murphy make the move before he flipped the puck over it. You know, that goal by, by Pat Gallivan. And even even Francis's empty net goal, he's being hooked all the way down. Um typical Daryl Lloyd, I think it was. But you know, even to, to then to then score and watch the plexiglass in front of us nearly break because people were sort of jumping and swinging off, off it but it was just a game that had everything I mean I think, I think David Clark didn't David Clark pick up uh, Gordie Howe That's he did in, in yes that. he did yeah. he had a fight David in the first Clark. period <laughs> not the play you, you expect to, to get anything from that but it, it was just it was a game worthy of you know any title 
title win. Maybe, you know, maybe especially one that we'd been waiting for for, for so long. It was just it was just a great, great game of hockey. And I think, right I mean, obviously I was sat with you that night. You and, and I think the thing was that Belfast had to win that game. Otherwise, the Panthers were champions and they were the only ones yeah. who could really catch us. And that game was a complete game of chess all the way through. And both teams did give everything, absolutely mm. everything. I just think that Panthers team just happened to have that a little bit more and just were, not just that game, but that year, just better. They were a team that never won two games, never, sorry, never lost two games in a row. You know, that, that, that shows that ability. Yeah, Sheffield fans will bring up the game just after Christmas where, yeah, yeah, they, they, they gave us the right stuff in. But game after, we came back and won. We got back on the horse. We, you know, we we kept doing it, and that that's what that that team was like. And now you said that Belfast team, were, you know, they were a good good side, and it was. It, 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 as I said before, it was almost fitting that it was a the, the title victory came in a game that good. The two the top two teams going out, no quarter asked or given, and they just played a great game of hockey. And of course, it wasn't just about the game; it was the whole day, really, because we had an, an unusual. We had quite a long day, we had quite a long day because we, we we got the ferry. Because we did, let's be fair, we left it quite late before we decided that we was going to go. When we realised yeah. that was probably where we was going to win the title, so we actually got the ferry from Cairnryan. So I think it was a half five in the morning start ferry across. There was. Me, you, uh, Aaron, Lord, and, he, and his mum, Jackie, in the car. Yeah. And we got over there, we freshened up quickly, and it was straight to Rockies and straight into the game. Watched the game, celebrated, and all the players came to celebrate with us. And, and of course, yeah. that was back when we was doing Cat's Whiskers TV as well. We got yeah, yeah. all the reaction from from loads of players and fans. And it was just... It, it was one of those special nights, wasn't it? Oh, oh, definitely. Right from one of the things I always remember is is going into Rockies before the game and um, the, the, just the positivity because it, it it was mainly Panthers fans in there at that point and and afterwards I seem to recall. I don't, I don't think we spoke to anybody who thought it wasn't going to happen that night. It turns out we were right, but I mean, yeah. After, afterwards, I mean, there's that video you took. And it just shows the emotion and the importance and the of of, of that that win. One of the things I remember is ringing my dad after after that video has been taken. Just that, you know, that bit um, on the concourse where you go down the stairs. I rang him um, after I, after I told him I'd text him through the game and then got excited and forgot. So I got I got I got a text message. What's going on? What's going on? You're supposed to be texting me, but I remember and I remember being really proud of myself because when I spoke to my dad, I didn't cry uh, about it. Which now I've said that sounds daft, but then I rang rang my wife, and as I was telling her that I'd wronged my dad, and I was really proud of myself that I didn't cry, I did. You see these things, and you think, "Oh, that's a bit daft." And say, say, say saying it sounds a bit daft, but at the time, it, it made it made perfect sense. But going back to Craig Kowalski and his um, his no nonsense style. I remember him in the bar in Rockies. He even gets drunk in a no nonsense style. <laughs> it was, I mean, he would he would just sat he would just sat at the end of the bar, just drinking, just getting getting on with it. So, so yeah, yeah. Is that where he said? Is that where he said something like, "Gary, you better phone Sam." <laughs> and yes. The next morning, Pretty Sam much. Gospel yeah. is in the uh, Premier Inn reception. <laughs> At that, that point, was so young. His kit bag was, I think, was bigger than he was. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd probably better not talk about David Ling that night. Uh, we'll, we'll, was, we'll, yes, we'll save, was, we'll it, save that. It, it was impressive that he managed to play the day after. Put it that way. <laughs> but hey, I remember, I remember thanking him, and he said thank you to me. And I said, well, what for? I haven't done anything. He said, yeah, have you been there every? You know, you, you guys have been there every week. Meaning, you know, meaning the fans and. And the importance of that, and the, it just shows it's, it's a, it, it, it is a two-way thing. It's not just about us watching them 
it's about them being part of us. You know, we are all part, you know, the, the fans, the players, the organisation is all part. That's what the club is. It's it's everything. It's not the owner. It's not the, it's not just the players. Everybody who goes to that game is part of the Nottingham Panthers or, you know, whatever team they, they, they support. That game is not, it's, it's not just what it meant. It, it's, but that is part of it. It's just everything around it that made it such, such a great, great game. Okay, we'll leave that one there. And that brings us on to your second defensive choice. Who's that? It's got to be Jimmy Pack. Jimmy Pack, of course, the former Pittsburgh Penguin, two Stanley Cups, played three seasons for the Panthers in two spells, 123 games, six goals and 42 assists. Why particularly Jimmy Pack? I think I've got a, a thing for um, cultured defensemen. And he definitely and, uh, was cultured. He definitely was cultured. I thought a lot about this one. This, this was one of the ones I wavered on quite a lot because the way I sort of... When I sort of came up with this idea of this, my, this my top line, it, it was all about it, it, it was your favourite players. You're not putting a line to put out on the ice necessarily. You put in a you put it, it's your favourite your favourite players. And I don't just like cultured defensemen. I like tough players. You know, Jason Beckett could have gone in there. People like Jeff Anderson back in the eighties, Mike Bishop, people like that. But and of course, like, I do know a hero of yours, Graham Waghorn, as well. Graham Waghorn, yes, indeed. Yeah, he, he, I think he's on a list somewhere down in the honourable mentions as well. Yeah, just, just. I mean, I just, I just love the way he played. It was, you know, Waggy, the, the the way that way he'd skate with that straight back, and I also enjoyed when he put Rick Brabant into the boards from about two foot out. But that's because nobody really likes Rick Brabant, is it? Is it? Getting back to Jimmy Pack, which is what we were talking about, one of the things you sort of look at, I looked at when I was thinking about this, is who you'd never seen players that were that good before. Jimmy Pack, he was the only person, certainly then, almost even now, who could block a shot and direct where it went as an outplay. I know netminders try and do it, but he could block a shot and it would go out to the side, not just wherever it had hit him and, and, and bounced off to. And the way he, the amount of room, you know, he could cover, the amount of ice he could cover with his stick it, when he was defending, you know, that the commentators call it an active stick or whatever now, but, you know, he, he covered the ice, he cut down the angles, he gave the, the the opposition forwards that much, much less room. Was it a surprise when it was revealed he'd signed for the Panthers? Because here's a player who was so experienced, like I say, so many games in the NHL, with Pittsburgh, a spell with LA and Ottawa as well. But AHL, IHL then comes to the Panthers. And and I remember it was obviously our first season in the new National Ice Centre. And there was quite a buzz about his signing, not just from hockey fans. It seemed to be that a lot of people knew that this guy who was quite well known in National Hockey League circles had signed in Britain. Yeah, I, 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 I think I think you're right. You know, it, it was it was a surprise, but it was also during the Super League, wasn't it? There, there were players with that sort of of pedigree um, around the league. So, what what was it? Wasn't entirely shock. It was hang on. This is, this is Jimmy Pack. He's coming here. It, it, is he? I think it, a lot of times when you know when been going as long as you keep reminding people I have um it's easy to get a bit jaded and I probably have but it but it's moments like that where you suddenly go well it, it takes you back to being that 11 12 year old boy that I you know was back at the beginning of the excitement of Jimmy Pack this the stats were out on you know the internet even even then and you and you just looked and you thought why is he coming here why has he chosen to come here? But I'm definitely glad he did. Let's find out who your player from another team who you would have liked to have seen play for the Panthers is. And I must admit, I had to look him up. So <laughs> I don't think it, it's one that will be that obvious. And your choice is former netminder for the Durham Wasps in the 1982-83 season. It is? 
Ron Katanyuk. Ron Katanyuk. So played for Durham in 82-83, as I mentioned. Was also head coach of the Peterborough Pirates as well as their netminder. Why particularly Ron Katanyuk? It goes back to what I was saying a minute ago about players that sort of take things forward a step. Players you'd never seen the quality of necessarily before. And like I was you know, talking about with, with Terry Kernbach, this, this was the days of three-import hockey. And so so an, it, many, yeah, an import netminder was... In, unheard of. Well, well, totally unheard of, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost entirely sure in, in my time in the stuff I can remember... Um, that uh, it, it it was it was the first. I mean, having two defensemen and one forward, as I was saying, that that was that was odd. If if you want to look at anything in in ice hockey in this country, in, in the time I've been watching, that's changed most. It's got to be net minded. You know, you look at some of the old the old the old clips. Um, there's, I mean, there's a game on on YouTube of us playing Murrayfield, um, where the Panthers play. I think it might be Simon Hunt cuts across the, the net and the the keeper who's at one post literally just falls over. There's none of this going to the sort of knees and sliding across. He he just sort of falls over, almost like a you know a, a football goalkeeper would. But but Katanyuk, he just took net minding to another level. I mean if he was playing every year now, yeah, he probably wouldn't be very good at all. But he just changed net minding that little bit. He did stuff I'm I didn't see him all all that much. But I remember hearing a story. He was playing in a, a game where he was down on the ice. The player shot. The player turned to celebrate and then looked around to see why the home crowd weren't cheering. It's because Katanyuk had lifted his leg up and saved it. Hmm. You know, stuff that just didn't happen. And at times, you know, it looked like he was probably from another planet. I, I chose him because of that, because of the amount that he changed, how different he was. If you look at these stats, they're, they're nothing to write home about these days. A goal's against average of 3.89 and a 0.887% save percentage. But at that time, they were outstanding figures. Again, that's that's how you... I think you have to compare things. You have to compare sort of for the, the time, that, that, that like for like, not then versus now. And it was just a, a, a step a step above and to have had him on our team it would have improved it immeasurably we'll move on to your first forward selection I don't think there's going to be much surprise on who you've chosen as your first David Ling of course David Ling two spells with the Nottingham Panthers the 2012-13 season and the 2015-16 season we all know about David Ling we all know his quality. Why, in particular, have you chosen David Lee? Because of his quality. Um, his game had, had got everything. He got great skills, a great shot. He could fight a bit. Look what he did to Love Darling Hull that time. I mean, yeah, you could call him lazy, or you could say that he knew his where his qualities were best suited. So, and that wasn't back checking. But I think I think the thing is as well is that it was the way he played the game. There was that spirit in him, that mischievousness. Or, you know, you could call that, or you could just say he was filth at times. I mean, first game in, what does he do? He looks the Dundee netminder smack in the eye and takes a swig out of his water bottle right in front of him. And nobody did anything. And nobody did anything, and that sets the tone. I mean, it's a terrible thing to do, but... We all know about the water skiing incident. The way he chirp fans. I mean, that game in Fife that season, the one, one you were at where he um, he was in the penalty box, he was getting a bit of abuse from the Fife fans. He says, I'm going to go back on the ice and I'm going to score. And he did. <laughs> yeah, it was just that thing. And the way, the way he could wind opposition players up without seeming to be wound up himself... He'd be there. He'd be talking at them. They'd be straining round a linesman to get hold of him, and he looked like he was barely breaking sweat. There was something 
very special about him. I mean, you only have to look at look at his figures. In that elite league season, 52 games, 34 goals, 55 assists for 89 points, but also 113 penalty minutes. Of course, then, three seasons later, he's back for his second spell. And a lot was said that he wouldn't be as good, he would have lost something, but he was pretty much exactly the same. He'd still, it was still there, wasn't it? You know, he, he into his forties at, at that point, uh, and he still got him. I mean, look at take his last game, the one in in again in 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 Dundee. He scored a goal off the keeper's back, a couple of assists. I forget the exact stats aren't my strong point, so I forget these things. And then gets himself thrown out. It's it's almost a David Ling career in a in a single game. Yeah, absolutely right. But I think the thing is as well, when he originally came to the Panthers, he was in his late 30s, I think 37, 38. And I remember a lot of fans of other teams saying, he's not going to do anything for you, but how incredibly wrong they were. Oh yeah, definitely. And in you could argue he's the best pl- player ever to play for the Panthers. You you could you you could argue that not my favourite, but I would probably say he was the best. But at the end of the day, he's no Jeff Hutchins, is he? He's definitely no Jeff Hutchins. As you <laughs> we'll find out. One question that I will I will ask you about David Ling before we move on: Do you believe he is the reason that Panthers won the league that year? I think he's a big part of it. Very very big part of it. I don't think he's the the only part. I think. A huge chunk of the credit has to go to Jordan Fox as well, because he, he was another. Um, you know, Fox was another player who could grab hold of a game and just change it how, how he wanted it to go. Players can have an influence, but they can't be the only thing. I don't think it, it was all about that team. There were great players all the way through: Eric Werner, Craig Kowalski, Jason Beckett, Brandon Benedict, Bruce Graham, Matt Francis. You know, they're all. Great, great players that came together at the right time, gelled in the way that you you always hope will happen. And he was a huge part of it, but he wasn't the only part. Everything just clicked. OK, we're going to move on to your favourite goal now. But before you reveal who it is, we'll actually play what it is. Here's the commentary. Davis winds up against Fox. Benedict gets the first shot away. Fox is going to get the second. Chance for Barry Gard. Scores! David Alexander Barry Gard. We all know who it is now. It's David Alexander Beauregard against the Cardiff Devils in the 2012 playoff final. And as we heard from the clip there, the noise is something else when that goes in. But why particularly is that one the one you picked as your favourite still gives you goosebumps listening to that doesn't it it does um, you're right it does yeah it's just that um that game i mean that was what into the third period nil nil it's the you know it's what broke the time and it broke the tension that was such a tense game and i think you know you're talking about the roar after that and how shrill it is because it's beyond that. Yes, we've scored. It's it's yes, we've scored. You know, we've we've broken that deadlock. And I was putting all these things together. I, I watched a, a clip of that again, and there's so much in that that we didn't see at the time. I mean, it's it's a great move he makes. That that clip doesn't do it justice. Um, it's a great move he makes right in front of the keeper to to you know deep the keeper out, put it into almost a, an, an open net he's, he's got the he makes such a a good move out in front but it's more than that it's the way he then turns and skate that skate to the bench with his arms out one foot in the air goes down the bench and then as he skates away the, the fist pump you can see the emotion and what it what it means to him and and it was really good watching that on the clip because I saw none of that. I was just jumping up and down going, man, I think I got you in a headlock at one point. You did have me in a headlock, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think yes. we sort of yeah. stopped and um, I was 
almost bent double with, <laughs> with your arm around yeah. my neck, and we sort of looked at each other like, well, "What are we doing?" <laughs> yeah, and then I think yeah. you released have me. I... But <laughs> and then we just... have, I ever, have I ever apologised to you for that? No, you haven't. <laughs> no, well, yeah, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, and, and and but that's what you know. That's that's why I chose it. You know, there are there are are there better goals? Yeah, um, Jordan Fox against Sheffield springs to mind. Are there more important ones? Probably. Pat Gallivan, um, I, I chose it because of that explosion of of, em, of emotion that it that it brought out, even more than 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 Gallivan scoring. You know, it was more that one was more more emotional, and we, which you'd think, given how long we were waiting for the league, would be the, the other way round. But it wasn't. That was that was that was the one that just got to us. Well, that leads us beautifully into your second forward choice. <laughs> Who is your second forward choice? And I'm sure everyone listening to this has guessed already, but to have a misery. It's David Alexander Beauregard. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. So <laughs> you, you've ch- you've chosen his goal as your favourite goal, but why have you chosen David Alexander Beauregard as one of your three forwards? It's just how good he was. I think I think he'd, he'd be up there for me, regardless of what happened. Obviously, he ended up in our league because of, because of what you know what happened to him when when, you know, when he lost an eye. This this might sound daft after saying that, but he got the best hand-eye coordination possibly of any player I've ever you know ever seen. How many I mean how many goals did he score coming in on the back stick? Putting it into you know past past the keeper where nobody had seen him come in, he just came in. He just got to the right place at the right time. Like David Ling, you could say that he wasn't the best at back checking. I mean, if he was on the ice, I don't think there was ever a point where he wasn't the last one out of the offensive zone. But that you you, you didn't sign David Alexander Beauregard for his back checking. You you signed him because he was in a, in a word. A sniper. He, you know, you you look up sniper in the dictionary. There's a picture of him there. That's that's what he was there to do, and that's what he did. But also, I think he he was a committed team guy as well. Because you mentioned about him not back checking, but talking about that 2012 playoff final, there's a bit not. I think it's two or three minutes. Probably his next shift after he scored that opening goal, where he's laying down blocking a shot from the blue line. Yeah. He just knew what to do. He was, you know, he, hockey was his thing and he, he knew how to do it. And he's just the, the sort of player that, you know, you watch, you just love to watch. When, you know, when he was on the ice, you, you enjoyed You could see how much he enjoyed it. You know, maybe going to that place where, you know, you, you're almost losing something makes you enjoy it more. But, you know, just, just watch it. Just, just love to watch him play. Do you, do you think he's probably one of the most natural snipers that we, we've ever seen play in Nottingham? I mean, considering the fact that not only did he score the game-winning goal in the in the playoff final, which you've chosen as your favourite goal, the season before he also scored the game-winning goal mm-hmm. in the playoff final. To score two game-winning goals in the playoff final, I mean, that, that's phenomenal. Yeah, from a very long question to a very short answer, yes. <laughs> Simply, well, well, you know, name me one that's better. Yeah, and it's very, it's very difficult, very difficult yeah, just, to say just, who. Yeah, just that pure sniper, and I, I think that's why anybody who's come into this role since has struggled with the fans because they've not been as good. The, the comparison is there, which isn't fair. You know, it isn't fair to the people coming in at all, but the comparison is there. You know, you pick one of them, or Beauregard at at his best, you pick Beauregard every time. So it's time for your final choice of your six. We've still got a bit to go after this one, but forward number three. And I think it's fair to say you've chosen a legend. Well, I think so, yeah. Poor lady. Of course, Paul Aidy, uh, the Nottingham legend, shirt retired in the rafters, the number 22, several seasons for the Panthers, and also one for the Sheffield Steelers as well, but we won't mention that. But 
came to Nottingham in the 88-89 season. And Paul, why have you chosen your namesake? This is all about making your heroes, but this is as close as I think I've ever been to hero worship. It wasn't quite, I was, I was a bit too old for it to be, you know, sort of proper childhood hero territory if you're going to look for somebody like that you, you're looking at maybe Doug Withenshaw right back in the beginning another one player who wore the 22 80 I just played he was a you know a, a player who never gave up we we wondered what we'd got when we first signed him I think he had about two fights in his first three games or or something something he now claims to not remember I seem to recall from Something, yes, but, um, he, he did say that, didn't he? You didn't yeah. remember, but he, he did. I think he, did, was yes, too, yeah. he obviously got hit very hard in, in those yeah. fights. Uh, those, those were the days, but he got that that spirit. And again, just a player I loved. Watching. I remember once saw him score whilst on his knees against the boards in Durham. Just flicks the puck into the net. I mean, that's probably because the net mining wasn't as good then. But it's, it's difficult. I mean, to put it into you know into words, he was just a player that I loved. Um, I made my mum so the numbers and the name bar on the on the back of my shirts all those years ago. It was always AD, and yeah, he was just. I say he was just. It, it, there are there are other players that are better in in this list. There's no player I love more than Paul AD. And I think for me, he was one of those few players who made a seamless transition from three import hockey to dual national hockey in the in the British League, and then mm-hmm. to the Super League, where he was still one of the top scorers. You're right; he he was just an incredible, incredible player, and over over several seasons, thoroughly deserved to have his shirt hanging in those rafters. Yeah, Curtainback's not being up there is a is a travesty. If Hades hadn't been, then well, who knows what you know? They've been they've been writing in the streets. Um, but um, yeah, he just and like you say, he, he made that transition. He he kept going, um, kept putting the the points up. Even um, there was a season where he was injured for a long a long period of time. Um, came back in probably too soon and you know they tried to rush him in that's how important was they tried to rush him in just for the playoffs because you know that he was the talisman of, of the team yeah absolutely was and the thing is he is the highest point scorer highest goal scorer in, in Panthers history and probably always will be and probably always will be you only have yeah. to look at that the 94-95 season where Panthers came so close, but on the line with Rick Brabant in 44 regular season games, 73 goals and 73 assists. That's... what well, you'll never see those figures again, will you? No, no, you, you won't. I mean, we're going back to... We're talking about Cat and Young, you know, those were the days when we, we won a game 31-2. Crazy. We've had months where we haven't scored 31 these days. Yeah, I mean, just just after something's just struck me, and as we we're looking back through all these uh, through all these names, it, it's it's something again. I I think about hockey because so hockey is very much a family thing to me. I went started going with my mum, my dad, and my brother all those years ago. I go with my kids now. They sit next to you and irritate you. But just looking at it, AD was is my wife's favourite player. Although I'm not entirely sure for the same reasons. If I'm honest, Curtainback was my mum's, and let's face it, Sam does quite like DAB. But it, 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 I don't know. I mean, maybe that's shaped my thoughts or whatever. But you know, it, it just shows, sort of almost says to me about you know, hockey is a it, hockey is a family family thing to me. Okay, so that is your team. Uh, we still got a couple of things to go, but your team as it stands, your netminder, Craig Kowalski. First defenceman, Terry Curtainback. Second defenceman, Jimmy Pack. First forward, David Ling. Second forward, David Alexandra Beauregard. And your final forward is Paul Aidy. Can I make a change? No, you can't. That's it. <laughs> oh, OK. No, no, fine. Fine. Well, what, what what's done is done. Like, you know, like I said, yeah, they're the ones. They... It's all set out now. 
those are my that is my team that is I'll your take team that. I'll, uh, I'll put I'll, I'll put them out on the ice and a formidable team I think it would be looking at it a lot of quality and a lot of trophies within within that team as well okay to to finish off a couple of things to finish off firstly your honourable mentions so who just missed out who did you consider oh so 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 many when you've when you've been going as long as I have there are there's a lot of names um so people like going all the way back Jeff Anderson Doug Withenshaw like you know say so he was my first favorite player um it could have been something to do with the fact that he worked in a bakery and used to bring they used to sell um chocolate covered donuts that he made at the bakery in the in the old stadium but um maybe that was the, but as well people like Jamie Crapper liked him a lot more as a player than a referee Graham Wagon Graham I mean you you remember that that night I met him for the first time. I think you'd met him before. Yes. Um, uh, playoffs. Yeah. Playoff. After a playoff yes, final, I think playoffs. it was. Yeah, I think it was the last time we won the playoffs. Yeah. Um, met Cam Jansen. Same night. And everyone's like, oh, I've met Cam Jansen. And I was like, oh, I've met Graham Wagon. Um <laughs> I think you, um, were, you were more impressed that he called you by your first name as well. Yeah, so, yeah well, yes. Yeah, well, that, well that's it. it. You know, it's it doesn't always happen that way. Um, but, you know, and you know, as, as as well as Waggy, somebody he played with a lot, Garth Premack, Mike Reese, Mike Bishop, Jimmy Keys, and all you know, all the way through up to, to now, people like Sam Hare, Adam Deutsch, who at, at times reminds you know reminds me of Curtin Bank. But so 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 many to choose from. I've probably forgotten a load there. I wrote them all down, and there's probably loads more I've forgotten. But um, it came down to two. Again, Jimmy Keys, hmm. or the one I actually chose, which I found out since is Joe's favourite player. Which, if you know Joe, this is going to really surprise you. David Clark. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think Clarkie will be one of those as, as we as we do this as we uh, bring more guests on, especially when they're talking about Panthers. I think David Clark can. F- find himself in quite a lot of teams or just missing out and and it's, it's a fudge but he has just missed out on yours yeah yeah I mean I'm sorry David if you if you'd have let me have a favorite Brit category when we discussed it he'd have been straight in there um but the thing about Clark was you know people talk about Bounds and Murphy having that having them gives you the opportunity to have a an extra import forward an extra import defenseman having Clark meant the same but he was import quality. We've seen since he retired the size of the hole that we've we've been left trying to to fill. Um, and you you just saw him improve. I mean, it, it would be very easy, and I've heard it said by fans of other teams that oh, he just like he, he could just shoot. No, that might have been right ten or more years ago. But you saw his game improve and and round and 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 change. And you know, became as he went on, he became a better player season after season after season. Okay, and we're going to finish the whole thing with your favourite moment. So we've talked about a few already of great moments throughout Panthers history that we we was there and you was there to witness. But mm. what is your overall favourite moment in all your time watching the Nottingham Panthers? Again, difficult, difficult choice. Are you getting fed up with me saying that yet? One of the things I was going to say about David Clark was he's the only player ever to wink at me during a game. Uh, that, that, that was quite a quite a, a fun moment. I've got two. That, that Again, it came down to two. One was that game in Hull just before we won the league. Well, we, we were sat packed in, packed in like you've never been packed in before in Hull. Um, unsurprisingly a load of people travelled up and I'd got you constantly refreshing your phone I mean I wasn't going to waste my data um, to to find out what the score in, in Edinburgh was because they were playing Belfast and Edinburgh were winning we were winning and then it came through Edinburgh had won 
you know, and there's that ripple round you. Edinburgh's won. Edinburgh's won. Edinburgh, and you saw almost saw it ripple down across through the fans till somebody at the other end had obviously got the same you know same signal come through and it just erupted and at the same time DAB scored what turned out to be his, his last goal for the for the Panthers and, and, a, and a perfect DAB goal and it was you know it was that point I think a lot of us I mean I, I, I still wasn't confident I had to say that but you know it was that was a, that was a, it was a massive step towards it and also in that game Hull scored to break Kowalski's shutout with four seconds left and 1956 on the clock yeah Yeah, I remember it well Well, but that is not my favourite moments because that didn't happen on the ice that was off so I thought you know it's got to be an on ice moment so for me it has to be the 2007 playoffs and Rasto making that save in the penalty, you know, in the penalty shots. Because, again, that was a game that was so close, so tense. Went to penalty shots, obviously it was. And I remember two things, really, about about that game. One is the amount of fluids I must have lost. Because it was so hot, so nervous, we were sweating so much. Well, I was, you know, sweating so much. Sorry about to tell you that. And was was the fact that my mum had died uh, in 2005. And... I think I spent most of that third period in the um, and and you know over time talking to her. I, I I couldn't tell you what it was I was talking to her about, and you know I don't, I don't suppose that really matters. But I I just remember it wasn't for her, you know. It, it she was one of, of you know thousands of, of, of fans, but to me it was almost, and that's. It, it was just that moment and that photograph, the one of him on his knees, arms outstretched, with the um, and it you know it's just lined up properly that the the sparks appeared to be you know from the fireworks appeared to be coming out of his glove, and um, just as a side on that season after both both my kids have, have have got that, and we went to a sign in and. He, Sam got Rashto to sign it, and then you got Sean McCaslin because he, he's right in the side of the shot, sort of looking backwards, looking excited. And he got McCaslin to sign him, and he just looked at him and went, "Why? That's about that's all about him. Hockey's a team sport. You know, I, I told us about that earlier, but sometimes it does it does come down to that that one individual, and that was a moment where we had a player who just went, "No, we're going to win this," and we did. Paul, some great choices. Thanks for being the first guest. No problem. Thanks for having me.